Hello and welcome to the first episode of season one of Roll for Immersion, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, I'm your host and DM, Aaron Picklesheimer. Why don't you tell us more about yourself, Aaron? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm a freshman in college at Ball State. Uh, I'm currently studying film and media uh, and ha- planning to have a minor in English writing or creative writing, I mean. Yep, so I, you know, this kind of stuff really applies heavily to what I want to go into. Um, I've been playing D&D for man, about six years now. been DMing for about half that time. Uh, have groups on and off constantly. Um, and I'm super excited to see what everyone here brings to the table. Awesome. Uh, so my name is Sam Scheip. I am the senior podcast editor here at Byte. Um, and I'm also a senior at Ball State, uh, major telecommunications, which is now the School of Media, I guess, yeah. and journalism with minors in marketing and Spanish. Um, I've been playing D&D since I was in like fifth grade, however many years that is, probably too long and I don't want to think about it. Uh, and I've started DMing as of like a year ago. So I'm not near as polished as Aaron is with that. <laughs> Polish uh, is not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is a project that I've wanted to do, or at least something similar, ever since I was a freshman like Aaron. Um, and luckily, Aaron had that same passion. So I'm super excited to get into this uh, kind of definitely different D&D podcast as we are not just doing a campaign, but we're actually providing news and commentary yes. on everything that comes out of the D&D world. So with that, I'll leave it to the next host person. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Emily Hunter. Um, I am a senior journalism major and I have a minor in history. Um, when it comes to D&D, I have been playing I want to say for as long as I remember because my dad was my first DM. Um, And he kind of has been. This is the first group that I've ever had with people my own age. Um, And I've only ever DM'd one one shot between my dad and my stepbrothers. So this is going to be really exciting for me. And this is also my first experience with a podcast ever. So it's a lot of firsts and it's going to be very fun. (laughs) Yep. All right. Um, last but certainly not least, um, <laughs> my name is Tori Hageman. I'm a senior here at Ball State. I'm a creative writing major, and I have minors in English literature and in Spanish. Um, I've been playing D&D for, I think, about three years. Um, the first campaign I ever did was my freshman year in college. Um, I think I'm the only person here who has literally no DM experience, (laughs) but that's okay because I'm not the DM for the game. Um, Yeah, and I, this is also, podcasting is also a new experience for me. So, um, I don't know. I'm excited to be here, though. Excited to do this. Yeah. You know, it's really exciting to have all you guys, um, especially since uh, my first campaign ever uh, in the college setting. (laughs) <laughs> so right. it'll be really interesting um, and so as, as Sam stated earlier we do plan to talk about uh, some upcoming events in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons uh, and then we'll end up getting into the actual campaign so we're going to go ahead and start talking about w- some of the most recent books 
I guess, uh, that are coming out. Mostly Call of the Netherdeep, from, which is a partnership between Wizards of the Coast and very influential uh, live stream of Dungeons & Dragons Critical Role. Yeah, I mean, I think even calling it a live stream is a bit of an understatement. Cause like, really? Yeah, it, you can call it you can call it a podcast. You can call it a live podcast. You could call it a video series. It's, I mean, it's it's in such a weird place because even they like when they're introducing every episode, they go down the list of like how to consume their media. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, like yeah, uh, like you can watch it when it comes out live on Twitch. You can watch it on YouTube, like in a few days after this just sounds like a big ad for critical role that's but like, fine <laughs> i'm trying to give like context for the few people that don't have any experience with it because like they also like i think within the week they upload it to everywhere that you listen to podcasts as just an audio mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which i honestly think is like likely the second most popular way to consume that media yeah i mean it's it's very different to try to listen to critical role rather than watching it because when you hear them going through uh, action. It's very difficult because they're just like, I'm going to move here. And it's just like, but where is here? You know, I right. don't have a visual representation of this. I think that's kind of what sets them apart from a lot of other D&D podcasts where they've kind of had to, and something that we'll have to traverse ourselves later, self-plug, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, you know, no one can see us right now. We're not like putting out uh, miniatures on a grid. If that's how you like to play D and D, that's awesome. That's how I started. Yeah. Um, but over time I've kind of grown more of a liking to that podcast style of you just kind of not necessarily take the player's word for it, but you know, you just kind of traverse it in your mind, which I think especially during like COVID and stuff, when, uh, if campaigns wanted to keep going, they had to keep going not in person. Yeah. You know, like I'm one of the people who had a campaign start, during COVID where we couldn't always meet in person. So the DM had to work around that and he did a fantastic job. Shout out to him. I don't know if he actually wants me to shout him out. So I won't. Uh, (laughs) He also doesn't have any social media. So what's it matter? Hi, Isaac. I love you. Um, But it's, (laughs) and I think it's something that a lot of other D&D podcasts have done very well of just, you know, where do you go? And then describing where the, where things are in place. Um, Whereas with Critical Role, it is a bit more difficult to listen to, but they make up for that in the fact that, like, pretty much everyone there is a trained voice actor yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, as a professional voice actor, I appreciate that because oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can, I can hear that. I, can, I, I understand what you're doing uh, with your voice for the immersion of it. Um, so, yeah, I'll stop, you know, <laughs> stroking their <laughs> ego um, and kind of go into, like, what like what exactly to expect out of this uh, book. Yeah. Because there's there's a lot of content, but not in the way that you would think. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's taking place uh, in Marquette. Yes, which, which is, is the... a completely original uh, area, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's a different continent in the yeah. world of Exandria because, uh, I mean... Marquette is also the current setting for Critical Role's Campaign 3, which is what they are currently running through. Um, While in other campaigns that they did, uh, Campaign 1 took place in Tal'Dorei. Campaign 2 took place in Wildmount, which we did see a book for in the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount, which was also another collaboration. Uh, So Critical Role is nothing new to this collaboration and setting uh, for I mean, new is relative. It's been what I think they released the last one in March of 
2020. Yeah, and so, then sometime this one's around. coming out March 2022. Mm-hmm. So about two years. Yeah. Between the books, I'm. There's a lot of people theorizing that they did a three book deal, which is what makes sense, um, especially when it's a company like Critical Role. Oh yeah. It's like you know, why not rake in every last dollar? <laughs> not uh, that they really need it. it <laughs> We won't talk about the Twitch leak uh, where they expose that they make millions just off their Twitch, uh, which, you know, good for them. Yeah, good for them. It's not not a bad thing for them to be making money, Um, even though we know that that's, like, probably not even half of what they're making because of merch sales. Like, I'm looking at your dice that you bought from them right now. What? Nothing. (laughs) Uh, There's nothing there. For the audio listeners, he has three sets of dice. Four. Four. I have half the sets. You stop digging yourself deeper. (laughs) Um... But yeah, and it, it it's really cool. But as far as what to expect from these books, um, it's, I think, you know, of course, Matt Mercer and his infinite wisdom, who's, for those of you who don't know, the DM for Critical Role, I think he and Critical Role knew going in, you know, that this next campaign that they're leading is going to take place in the same place as this book, um, which is just going to get their millions of viewers used to this new place um, and this new continent, um, and these characters that are just set in stone for this book. Um, so that once this book comes out, well, they just started this campaign in October, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they'll have, what's that? Five months ish before the book comes out. So then when the book drops, you'll have, you have five months of content taking place in this new land. Oh yeah. So you're used to it. You know who these characters are. Um, it's not just a let's throw you in, and it's a it's a fully fledged campaign book. It takes you from level three to level twelve, which is that's that's a long campaign. That is a long for campaign. most people. Yeah. you know, unless your DM like levels you up quickly, which I'll try um, not to do here. <laughs> which every every DM's different, and I respect how they do leveling, unless you do purely experience based oh, leveling, which I, I just that. I can't get behind. I understand that that's. How you play the game, but no, it's not. <laughs> I, ju- I just think of like any actual like video game RPG if you're doing it like that. Yeah, it's just yeah, you know, because I'll just sit there farm the entire time. Yeah, why would you? Oh, gosh, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, you know, it's valid if that's how you like playing the game, play the game that way. But you know, to quote like most of the people uh, that I saw when like there was controversy about like people that were running or like created D and D or whatever. Um, at the end of the day, like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to leave the game. And then people are like, no, like, thanks for the game. This is ours now. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what Critical Role did to such an extreme extent that like Wizards has reached out to them. And I'm assuming Wizards reached out first because why would you try to reach out to Wizards for that? (laughs) Just like, oh, yeah, this huge corporation that controls all the things that I grew up and loving in my childhood. They're never going to pay attention to me. But Wizards, like Senpai noticed them uh, <laughs> and now they have this this i'm assuming a three book deal yeah that it's coming out almost exactly two years to the day after the previous book mm-hmm. it's a little bit obvious that i think that you know they're in some kind of a contract um but you know if you want like you know i can read what the description of the book is if not i can just kind of go off of what i've gotten from the new campaign and kind of what we're supposed to expect because it's not we're not getting like new 
there's not a lot of new stuff when it comes to like character building or anything like that. Like there's no new races, nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's, you know, new monsters, enemies and magic items. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if the races that, and subclasses that have been created for like, um, Sam Regal's character, fresh cut grass. God, I love him. I absolutely love him. Uh, cause Wait, I mean, that's where fresh cut grass comes from. Yes. <laughs> I've heard the meme, but I didn't know that. Fre- Sorry. Yeah, continue. <laughs> fr- yeah. Fresh cut grass is Sam Regal's, uh, automaton, uh, character in, uh, campaign three. He is the first automaton character uh, that we've seen yet. Um, and he has a special cleric subclass, I believe, which allows him to take, I believe, half the damage of somebody, which we saw, I believe, in episode two. I've not caught up. I, like, barely w- listened to episode one, and that was mostly in preparation for this because, you know, if people want to know kind of what to expect from this land, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously I'm not going to be able to put it into words as well as Matt Mercer because... yeah. He and his beautifully black painted nails folding <laughs> so gingerly over one over the other uh, and describing this place. Um, like, honestly, like he he talks like a Tolkien book reads, if that makes sense. Yes, Whoa. very much uh, so. That's so accurate. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, I make a lot of analogies and metaphors and I try to, <laughs> try really, to, really, to hit. Really hit the um, nail on that one. But yeah, it's it's. Yeah, it's just very much that, you know, he talks in this way of like, oh, I can visualize like the land as you're talking about it. Um, so, yeah, this is a very like mountainous region. Basically, mountains like separate everything um, from what he yeah. originally said in episode one, mm-hmm. um, where it's just kind of like mountains kind of divide where people live. Um, but it creates they're... a very diverse continent in that way. Yeah. Um, which I, mean, I think is like a, a cool way of separating things, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, mountains have been used in fantasy ever since Tolkien to make things separate from other yeah. things. Like, you either have to go through the mountains, blah, blah, blah. Go through the Classic mountains. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but to have that on a continental level is kind of neat in that, like, oh, because you always have to come up with a reason for why people, races, et cetera, are segregated, mm-hmm. um, whether it be political discourse, whatever, or whether it just be simple, simply just physical features of the land. And in this case, it is physical features of the yeah. land. Obviously, there are other things I'm sure that they will be getting into and that you will be getting into if you buy the all-new Critical Role Call It Another Deep. Um, this is not an ad. They're not sponsoring us. But uh, cross. So, so here's, here's, here's my thought, right? So... Senpai Wizards noticed Critical Role. What if Senpai Critical Role notices us one day? <laughs> I, I'd love that. Like, um, I mean, I mean again, that's a total pipe dream. And maybe one that's day. not necessarily a dream even for this, but maybe in the future for me. I mean, like, I've worked with Wizards in the past before for Blizzard. Oh, really? You have? Yes. Wait, what? Okay. It okay. Was, <laughs> don't hype me flex, up right now. Flex. No, I don't want to flex it because I want to be very humble about it. It was very, very small roles uh, for the most part, just for sound packages. Um, like, I think I sell, like, pairs in the background of some sound thing. I don't know which That's That's actually kind of cool. Um, uh, but, yeah, and and so it was it was a really cool opportunity, and I loved it. Um, so maybe one day they'll actually, like, notice me in a legitimate way. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're a golden ticket here. Right. Uh, <laughs> 
I don't know why I said it right. It was just an immediate reaction. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's just something that, you know, it definitely makes me appreciate uh, Wizards more in that they're taking this, like, oh, because, like, there's a lot of companies, <clears throat> Nintendo, um, <laughs> where, like, fans kind of make a game of their own and then they're met with legal action yeah. and, uh, you know, they're talked down to uh, by these companies. Um, but Wizards, who are, they're owned by Hasbro, and they've mm-hmm. made a lot of mistakes as far as listening to fans in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this case, it's like, oh, the fans clearly love whatever Critical Role is bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And they acknowledged it, and now they're working this partnership. And, you know, some people complain. They're like, oh, this is so corporate. I liked Critical Role back when they were doing it on their own. It's like, yeah, cool, but they couldn't feed themselves so I mean, they could though. They're professional voice actors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know, like so many of these podcasts. Like this isn't people's full time job. Yeah, you know, we're students and we're doing this in our free time, right? Um, but we're creating content for free. Exactly. You know, um, so instead of like being angry and trying to like do something to stifle that creativity, to stifle that process, Wizards is instead. Uh, almost extending an olive branch to that community where it's like, we see that you appreciate what they've done for the game. So we're going to like actually make this, I don't want to say canon because that's just weird. And also, well, I mean, there is a, it, I feel like part of it is canon because in campaign one, you had uh, Joe Magnelio or yeah. whatever his name, last name is. I can never say it. Yeah. Uh, he played a character named Arcan who uh, inevitably at the end of campaign one stole the hand of Vecna uh, cut off his own hand, put it on himself, <laughs> and uh, he actually, that character actually became canon in Wizards of the Coast. Right. Uh, um, and that that was, again, like, that was an instance where it was like, oh, fans like this will do it. Um, I think Wizards has done a lot better at, a job at doing that with D&D than, you know, Magic and other yeah. projects that they have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's... I think it's just kind of awesome. And like I, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about, you know, what people can expect from it because this isn't just a, oh, here's a book that has, like, critical role characters in it because it, it doesn't. Yeah. Like, it, it straight up doesn't. Like, it, it has villains that were uh, probably thought up and created by the people at Critical Role, and that's awesome. Um, but this is just a genuine book. Like, yeah. Like, a genuine campaign book, um, just like, you know, Curse of Strahd or whatever. Um it's just as real as any of those. And I think that that's also something that needs to be talked about as far as, you know, what are we expecting? You know, it's, yeah. um, it's just really cool. Cause it's, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of geeking out and thinking <laughs> of possibilities for the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I mean, we, we do, we did get off topic here for a bit, but, um, why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about what the players can actually fully expect. Um, and you know, we'll see, how our other two hosts are because they <laughs> haven't talked Hi much. Guys. <laughs> how are you guys uh, doing? Howdy. So, I mean, I guess I'll ask, what's your, from what we've talked about, you know, the little bit that we've, that you've heard, what can you, what are you expecting really from this book if you were to buy it? I'm, I'm going to be real. I, I've watched like one or two episodes of Critical Role in my entire life. I have never picked up any D and D like campaign books. I I have no idea. Okay, <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna, I'm just gonna be straightforward with you. I have no idea. I mean, from what I've seen of Critical Role, um, the things that they do 
to like kind of make Dungeons and Dragons their own is like really interesting and really engaging. And so I think um, like making that canon more or less is really cool. And I think it'll be cool to see what like fans and players do with that in their own campaigns. But just as like a thing, I'm like, I don't really know in general. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, the same goes for me. Like, I, I've i never seen anything of Critical Role, which I know is, like, a D&D sin, but I'm working on it, I promise. <laughs> I just need to find a time where, like, I feel like I want to be able to sit down and just, like, watch a bunch at the same time. But um, I don't have much experience with campaign books. Um, I've read, like, a few samples, but... Um, I don't know. I feel like that it could be really exciting. I'm still kind of stuck on the levels 3 to 12 thing because that <laughs> sounds really intense. Like, for I think it said seven chapters the yeah. book is, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah, uh, over seven chapters, the DM has to guide the players through probably the coolest levels that you, you, that you really get through because, mm-hmm. like, you get, all the, you get the cool stuff at 3, cool stuff at 5, Etc. Because it's just like you know every like every class gets something cool by level five. Fireball. What? Fireball. Yeah. Every, <laughs> by that point, fireballs in the game. That's all you need. That's uh, all you need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it is it is really cool because like I I consider those levels like really cool because I don't I don't know I stop I usually stop paying attention to most campaigns once they get past like level ten because then you're like fighting gods, <laughs> you know, um, and, and that's really cool. But at the same time, it's like okay, now the DM has to make up something really big for me Ooh. to fight. Um, but, like, books like this, it it's, it comes packed in with uh, what's-his-face? Uh, who did I see? What was his name? Uh, Zorhas, I think that's how it's pronounced. Ah, Zorhas. Zorhas, sure. That guy. Uh, <laughs> well, Zorhas is a place. Um, yeah, the wastes of Zorhas. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's some dude, I don't know exactly who it is that's been awakened, but He's been awakened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can just, I'll go ahead and read the description if you'd like. Because um, it's just on D&D's website. Mm-hmm. But I guess it saves people the the two clicks to get there. <laughs> uh, but it's Critical Role, Call, Call of the Netherdeep. Uh, can you change fate? An epic critical role campaign for the world's greatest role-playing game. It's a little bit biased in my opinion. <laughs> Um, but the, the book description is the greed of mortals has awakened a powerful entity long thought destroyed for eons. This mighty champion of the gods has been imprisoned in the darkest depths of Exandria. His name has been forgotten all as have his heroic deeds languishing in despair. He calls out for new heroes to save him inspired by the campaigns of the hit series critical role. This adventure begins in the wastes of Zorhas and leads to the glimmering oasis city of Ankh Harel. I'm assuming that's yep. correct. Cool. On the continent of Marquette. And from there into the sunken realm of gloom, corruption, and sorrow known as the Netherdeep. Above it all, the red moon of Ruidus watches, twisting the fates of those who have the power to shape the course of history. Which, that sounds very compelling. And I really yeah. want to... Like, I, I just want to dive into this campaign, even though I've, I've never really played like a book campaign before really uh this might be my first one i i mean Um, like i've i've obviously taken from them before Mm -hmm. where i've like taken like encounters or villains regardless yeah um and put them into the campaign or i've played in campaigns where that's what's happened um but this might be the first one that i just want to play dry oh yeah um 
As far as what to expect, uh, again, it's um, first major adventure module within Critical Role's world of Exandria, taking players from levels 3 to 12. Uh, it's a multi-continental story that spans the scarred wastes of Zorhas, introduces the continent of Marquette, and eventually plunges players into the Nether Deep, a terrifying cross between the Far Realm and the Deep Ocean ocean Ooh. Ooh, it's gonna get wet uh <laughs> bursting with lore and all new art depicting exandria includes new magic items and creatures and introduces new rival npcs so kind of what i said earlier where we're not getting anything new as far as like characters in that way of like you know, that you can build um but you do get new cool magic items that i'm sure might show up in our campaign yeah uh which would be really cool um and hopefully we shout that out when it happens, uh, you know, kind of like when Tasha's Cauldron of Everything came out. Like, oh, yeah. It went from hideous laughter to Tasha's hideous laughter, and now everyone calls it Tasha's hideous laughter, which yep. is kind of neat. Um, so I hope someone says, like, Critical Role's Helm of Waterdeep or whatever. I don't helm know. Of water deep. Uh, it's not even Waterdeep here, but I don't know. Uh, going, yeah. We're going into yeah, a bunch of different I mean. books yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, but like these new NPCs uh, and like villains and stuff, like I hope that they're as iconic as ones in the past. Like I mentioned oh, yeah. Strahd earlier. Uh, like Aaron and I before this podcast were talking about Strahd and like scaring players <laughs> yeah. by thinking they're gonna fight Strahd or whatever. Um, so I hope that we get something like that iconic. Yeah, um, I think w- for fans of Critical Role, uh, the big thing that's really interesting is the fact that because um, you know Campaign Three and possibly even this book, uh, takes place after the first two campaigns. Um, I know that there was actually a theory where the uh, blue-skinned orc on the front cover is possibly the uh, child of both Ford and Jester from Campaign 2. Yikes. Uh, (laughs) And so... And we've already seen a callback to a lot of previous campaigns because, you know, this world is very interconnected. I mean... Campaign three, we had the return of Bertrand Bell, who is a heavy, not really heavy, but uh, he was a player in some of the uh, stories with the Vox Machina crew. And so it was really interesting to see them. And we actually saw the progression of age. I mean, in campaign three, he was reaching up there, like close to 80s or or sometime around there. I mean, that's something that I think Matt Mercer does very well is timeline because mm-hmm. um, like you know most dms they mention what like year it is in yeah. their world at the very beginning and then never again mm-hmm. right it's like well it's year 1201 yeah and it's like okay that gives me no context to this world like i know it's maybe that old um but with like matt mercer it's like oh these campaigns take place over this course of time, so we're going to pick up the next one after this course of time has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that, and you see, like like you said, like characters aging, yeah. um, so that you don't just get like a, oh, there's that character walking by that was in the previous campaign. There you go, nerds. It's like, no, he's in this campaign. He's just like 80 now, so you can't expect him to do anything. Yeah, but I mean, the, like their influences are very heavy-reaching. I mean... yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Um, these characters are still important, but it's just like, it's it's something that I think, I think every DM can learn something from Matt Mercer. Yeah. I mean, I think every DM c- can stand to learn from every DM. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very least, if it's a bad DM, you learn what not to do, right? <laughs> um, but with Matt Mercer, it is just like, you know, like I said, he, he talks like a Tolkien book reads. He 
every little thing he says, I pay attention to. And yeah. I'm like, I'm ADHD brain, but like I have to pay attention to him because I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to focus on something that probably no one else is going to focus on, mm-hmm. but then I'm going to get rewarded in like half a season when he harks back to it. And I'm like, oh, I paid attention to that. <laughs> Take that, nerds. Take that. I don't even listen to Critical Role, uh, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, a, oh, I called that because he left these hints very well. So if you focus on it, you get it. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really cool that fans are, like, speculating that that orc is the offspring of two previous characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just I, – I, I like that. I like that the fans are left to speculate that, and they will – probably be left to speculate that until March. Oh, uh, yeah. Unless it's exposed in uh, the campaign that he's doing until March, which uh, Matt Mercer is very is smart enough, I think, to hold off on that. Yeah, I mean, um, we're still waiting for uh, some new stuff to arise. I won't spoil yeah. anything. For... Um, yeah, and I think that's fair because the campaign started in October. I don't expect people to be caught up. Yeah. They take, like, what, every, like, third week off or something? Uh, it, at this point, it's now the final... Thursday of right. each month. Yeah. So, I mean, this week. So, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. so that Matt has time to plan and people have time to catch up on the sessions. Because they're like, it's like, what, three and a half hours? Um, if you include the ads. Well, typically it can run from either like three hours is like the shortest I've ever seen and up to like at most like five hours. And then right. uh, especially with the final episode of season two, it was like seven to eight hours so i mean it can get long oh, I, yeah. mean, I remember people like set like i remember people like took off like work and stuff just oh yeah to, like watch the whole thing and i was like i mean it's it, so nuts it, it it's very influential and the fact is that matt mercer he's that i mean really all of them they are able to craft such a compelling story between the characters and you know you you see them a lot of times come from this you know, these separated groups and then they come together and form these friendships. And so when something massive happens or like even the end of the campaign, it is such an emotional time that you don't really want to miss it. I mean, unfortunately, I wasn't big on Critical Role then. Right. Uh, I only got into it like after that. And then I was just like, oh, boy. Well, now <laughs> campaign. if I cared back then. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's that's something that I've always wanted. I, I want that emotional impact uh, in my campaigns. Right. Uh, and again that's that's what you learn from the dms that you learn from exactly like um like my favorite DD podcast is just roll with it right Mm -hmm. and like there have been times where like the characters like granted they're all comedians that are in that podcast or internet funny people oh yeah to call them if you don't want to give them the title comedian um but you know what i mean um but like in those moments that they are forced to be serious it's like oh like, hold on, I might have to pull off the side of the road because I was listening to it in my car. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I need to pull off so I don't, like, freak <laughs> out behind the wheel at whatever this character is about to do. Oh, yeah, it can um, be crazy sometimes. Yeah, so it's 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 something that you learn from those DMs uh, as a DM, and it's something that you appreciate as a player. Um, and it's something that, like, honestly, I hope that this gets more people into DMing mm-hmm. because they have a cut and dry campaign book. Exactly. Um, with these encounters that they're leading their people through. Um, I think that's a great way to start DMing. Right? Yeah. Like, obviously, any way you start is a good way to start. But for your player's sanity. <laughs> I, I'd say start uh, with, like, a module. Start, start with a module or start with a um, campaign book. A campaign book or something that's already been tested and Mm -hmm. this is something that's not only been tested by 
um, wizards, but this has been tested by people that uh, tested, written by, et cetera, people that these people will trust. Yeah. Like Matt Mercer or people that like people like people respect, I guess, not necessarily trust because. I don't know Matt Mercer. I don't know if I should trust him. <laughs> you know, obviously I respect them as yeah. a DM for sure. If 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 I don't respect him for anything, it's as a DM, you know, and I respect mm-hmm. him for other things clearly. Um, but that's kind of what I'm getting at. So I think that this book, um, and hopefully I'm right about this, and we can always hark back to it when we get to it because I'll definitely read it when it comes oh, out. Same here. Um, and we can hark back and be like, yeah, Sam was really wrong. This book sucks. Or, ah, oh, <laughs> Sam was really right. You should, if you're starting as a DM, you should pick it up. Um, but I think especially at the at its price for on like D&D Beyond uh, being like 30, I think, mm-hmm. instead of the usual like 50. Yeah. Um, and you can probably find it cheaper on Amazon. Honestly, however you get it, because let's be honest, half the people are going to pirate it. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. But yeah, I hope that we can look back and be like, oh yeah, it was totally worth it. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it's something that you pick up as a new DM, you start your campaign and you just hit the ground rolling. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll kind of do some final thoughts here. Uh, like if you, if you had to give a level to your <laughs> excitement for the book from what you've heard, uh, really kind of, what would you guys say? Cause I mean... I mean, again, I have very limited knowledge. <laughs> However, I, for the limited knowledge that I have, I still think it sounds really cool. And it is probably <laughs> yeah. something that I will check out. Right. So I, I feel like that says something about the quality of this, that I know nothing about the context, but I still find it interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This is just telling me that I need to go watch Critical Role when I get home. And that's... <laughs> we accidentally made an ad for Critical Role. <laughs> hey, hey, it's okay. That's what we did. <laughs> at least it's okay, because at least they don't have an episode coming up. So you got a right. whole week to catch up on five episodes. It's only five episodes deep at the moment. It sucks right. when you're a hundred episodes down. And Dude, oh. you have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, anything else? Cool. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm excited because um, I just think that a campaign from three to 12 is always sick as long as yeah. it's been vetted. Um, and it's been vetted by people that I really respect uh, in and out of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the concept of this world and this like continuity of Critical Role's canon is really awesome. Um, and I think it's a really good, uh, good faith effort from Wizards uh, as well. And I hope I see more things like it with uh, not just Critical Role, but other uh, content creators that yeah. deserve that recognition. I mean, I'm definitely with you. I mean, I personally, I'd love to see like a Dimension 20 book that'd be really interesting i mean because i mean especially with their with brendan's uh you know very modern style yeah like where matt mercer reads like a tolkien book brendan he's just like i don't even know how to describe it because he's he's equally as talented oh yeah um but yeah they just i don't don't know like he's equally as talented equally a good dm in my eyes i mean people will have their favorites one way or the other but but at at that point it's just style yeah you know it's not because he's worse or one of them's worse or better it's because you prefer a style Mm -hmm. um so i think you're right that brandon is like very modern in the way that he dms Mm -hmm. especially because he does a lot more modern campaigns um which I kind of, which obviously lends itself to that. And on, honestly, I just feel really bad for him because he's never gotten to be a player in a campaign because <sighs> yeah. he just, he's just the eternal DM. 
Uh, I think he's like I think he said something like he's never gotten past like level five in a campaign. Oh, uh, wow. as a player, I'm I like mean, I was like I commented on that video or whatever, and I was like, please, like I'll be your DM. It, it might suck. <laughs> it might suck in comparison, but like I just I want you to get that feeling yeah. of leveling up a character and like it just being like that feeling of like the coolness of it, um, of just like leveling up and watching the character grow. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously he gets to watch everyone else's character grow, but this is this isn't about him. This is about critical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it seems like a lot of us, whether or not we have you know knowledge of Critical Role, or if we are coming, you know, fresh faced into it, I think there's always there's that excitement for something to get out of this, whether it be a new setting, um, the ability to try out up to level twelve for a character that you may or may not have ever reached with that. Or even just the possibility for new classes and sub-races that may come out in that. We don't know. Um, But I really think that kind of summarizes everything there. And I think it's about time that we get into the official campaign (laughs) of Roll for Immersion. I should clarify for our listeners that we are starting off at level one. So all of the players here uh, will be starting at you level one. You get to one. watch us grow. Oh, I guess yeah. hear us grow. Yeah. Babies. <laughs> I mean, babies. originally the plan was to do a session zero where they got up to level two, but some technical issues arose alongside right. some other. I also think that it's cool to start at level one. Yeah. Like whenever I start a campaign, it's either going to be at level one, level three or level five. Right, because mm-hmm. you either start from the bottom and you work your way up, or you start with some cool stuff, or you start with some really cool stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's just I, as a as my personal style. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I so I think this is low key cooler than starting at level two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and another thing that we will have to kind of tone down on is the <laughs> not just that, but uh, just uh, really attacks and battles because you know we combat combat in general i couldn't think of the word for a second there thank you sam i got you (laughs) but yeah we we will be toning back a bit on those we will still have them but it'll be very different to try to describe the actions of the players and the locations of enemies and what the uh setting for the combat looks like it's going to be, uh, this is going to require the listener to kind of use your active imagination yes. as best you can. Um, being that I am not a skilled artist, I can't like draw my character no, to post. Um, <laughs> I think I think all of us Loki have the goal of getting to the point where someone just draws our characters and sends it to us. Cross my fingers here. Um, hint, we would hint, love you. Nudge, nudge. Um, <laughs> We love you, artists. Obviously, we'll pay you an exposure. I, I'm kidding. That's a horrible thing to say to an artist. Never say that to an artist. Um, you know, you, obvi- you just killed all of our chances. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Um, I'm hoping that acknowledging that that's not what you should say to an artist kind of helps ring that back in. Um, but you know, that's kind of the idea. You know, eventually, maybe one day we'll have things that look like our characters. But until then, whatever you have in your mind, I'm sure it's good enough. Uh, even though you haven't been introduced to the characters yet, which yeah. we'll get to shortly. <laughs> Alrighty. So, let us begin. So, this campaign starts off in the year uh, 
162, no, sorry, 483 PA, which stands for post aurorum, uh, which in Latin stands for after dawn. And so in this time, we are starting out on the continent of Tolevita. It is a blossoming continent that is filled with growing and races and just it's filling up fast. It is expanding rapidly, uh, especially as in the year 163 PA, kingdoms really started to form and civilizations finally came together under united causes. And during that time, those kingdoms would also sometimes come together to form an empire. And so currently, in this time, there are four empires. There is the Storvald Empire, which is an empire which has a massive desire for just survival. They, they search for resources and try to get as much as they can. They are a very scattered empire, which reaches all across the globe of Nasoria, which is what we are playing on. Then there is the Zvarde Empire, a, an empire that is focused solely on gaining power in the world. They seek control over civilizations and kingdoms and people, and they are also sort of scattered. They have a massive centralized hub in the center of uh, various continents. And then there's the Voktran Empire. It's a newer empire that has coming that is coming around and they seek to expand and just learn. They aren't looking for power or control. They seek knowledge rather. They are a very regional empire focused solely in the continent of Tolevita. And then finally, there is the Lukand Empire, a, an empire which is searching for markets to branch out in and expand their resources and even knowledge that they may have gained that other, con that other continents and empires don't have. And they are centralized in a continental area of Islandar, which is the continent to the north of Tolevita. And so, looking back at the history of the world a bit, there was the year 162, the year right before the rise of the kingdoms, in which history really started to pick up, and uh, a lot of things really started to come into play, as the militaristic civilization of Ethald, which is located in the north of the continent of Islandar, were experimenting on attempts of building the strongest military the world had ever seen. Training grounds were built and plenty of trainees attempted to try through these attempts. And that led to the first rendition of what was called the 13th Brigade, a very well-known and established mili military that has been heard of all across the world of Nasoria. They were a powerhouse to be feared and scared. And so, Aaron Yelra, the head of this military, fought amongst these soldiers and trained them. And during her travels 
with this brigade. They, this lady stumbled upon a very mysterious object, one that still isn't talked about as much as it should be in today's age. For those who grew up in Island Dar, knew of the time in which this empire, this not really empire, but civilization and military started to fight against everybody and sought to control the entire continent with this mysterious object. And anybody who had seen it knew of its black tendril-like appearance of almost interlocking mystic plates. And it would always be shrouded in runes of an unknown language. Some still don't know what it is. Others claim to know. And so, as time went on and their power grew, a group of unlikely adventurers came and stopped them. This inevitably stopped, luckily, the rise in what could have been possibly another scourge age. And so, now that the year 483 has come, years passed, and that threat no longer exists, we are starting off in a small town, not too large, not too small. It is a homey civilization with a tavern here or there, and very kind and gentle people, races from all sorts coming in. And so, as we look out, and we hear the sounds of hammers banging against metal, and we hear the sounds of laughter from the pubs, and we just see children running around, we come to a decent-sized figure. His, his body kind of glistening in sweat after a long day's work. Uh, <laughs> and so, Sam, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Uh, so, again, my name is Sam, and I will be playing the character known as Hagar. Um, he stands approximately 6'5 in height, about 230 uh, in weight, all muscle, pretty much. Um, his eyes are typically, uh, I say typically for a particular reason, but his eyes are typically a, uh, bluish green. Um, his hair is cut very short, uh, particularly at the sides, but top is probably about two to three inches of light brown hair. Typically, again, I have to say typically with everything, do I expose anything about him at the moment not yet DM? okay no because okay. this I, i'd like this to be sort <laughs> right. of a mystery as well right for the, for so the yeah six five pure muscle i'm assuming he's getting out of the forge as you yes uh he works uh in a blacksmithing forge uh for his father um and it, i assume if he's glistening in sweat it was a long hard day in the forge um he's probably wiping his wiping his face with his uh, apron that they all have to wear uh, and probably heading in to his mother to go get some get some grub. Okay. So as you walk into the t to this tavern, which you've come to familiarize with as it's your family's mm -hmm. tavern, known as The Last Drop, 
you can look around and it's very lively. You've got a band playing here and there. Ooh, what what, what instruments are the, is the band using? What kind of music am I hearing? Well, it looks like one of them seems to have a lute. Another seems to just kind of be singing. It looks to be sort of a half elf right. that is doing the singing with it. Uh, also looks like there's a couple plucks of what could be a harp. You aren't really sure. It's, it's sort of small mm-hmm. almost. And really a lot of the music and livelihood actually seems to be coming from the small group that they've gathered around their table. Right. Okay. Um, is my mother behind the bar or? Uh, no, she is not at the moment. You okay. actually see uh, a fairly new uh, bartender who was recently hired as your mother wanted to take a little bit of time off and have some time to herself rather than focusing solely on that. What a girl boss. Uh, okay. <laughs> Then uh, I'm going to go up to the bar. Uh, Do I know this barkeep's name, I assume? Uh, Yes. So this barkeep, he's a young man. He's got a little bit of scruff, probably like a five o'clock shadow, I'd say. Uh, Looks no more than 30, but probably closer to his mid-20s. He's got short brown hair, and he kind of just looks at you. What can I get for you? Uh, just, Just a glass of milk, please. Oh, right. Um, would it be wrong if I said that we're out of milk at the moment? I mean, it wouldn't be great. (laughs) I kind of forgot to... I guess I should have also specified that Hagar looks to be about 20 in age. Yeah. So this guy's a little older than him. Okay. Um, Hagar's just kind of look a little bit dejected. Um, I guess I'll go pick some up, uh, and I'm going to go, uh... I'm going to ask if he has a list uh, for the grocer. Uh, right. He kind of reaches underneath the bar and, mm-hmm. and pulls out this, what looks to be a folded up piece of parchment. You right. know, it's, it's got a couple stains here and there, probably from where some of the booze and alcohol dripped onto it. He yeah, kind of just happens. hands it to you, just like, here, okay, here you go. Um, I'm going to kind of mutter to myself, it's like, this is why I'm getting out of this town, and then just walk to go run these errands, I guess. Okay. So as you start walking out, you can see that the sun, it's about midday. Even though you've had a hard day, it hasn't been all that long. So you know you're probably in for a bit more later on, but it's nice to get a rest at the moment. And you see some trolleys kind of pushing past. You see in the center of town, a small fountain, very crude and cut. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just symbolizes what the town stands for as this crude yet very friendly uh, township. And you can see some kids running around getting very dirty as they kind of splash around in this little mud puddle <laughs> that exists. And so you start walking to the grocer. And as you get there... It seems like there's a bit of talk in front of it, just some gossip that's going on. You've got kind of these two older gentlemen kind of sitting down in these chairs right in front of it. And this other group of younger but still older than you mm-hmm. group that are talking with them as if speaking about either old tales from the gentlemen or talking about current events happening. You weren't really sure unless you were to go up to them. Right. Uh, I think I'm going to, assuming that I kind of, you know, it's 
relatively small town, so I assume I know of or know these people. Uh, so I'm just kind of going to give them a nod and a wave and head inside to give my list to the grocer. See, so as you kind of nod and wave and pass, th- they stop their talking for a bit and I'll wave to you with a friendly smile. You know, you've been very helpful. Oh, I have a big smile on my face, too. I, Hagar always has a smile on his face. And so as you walk in, you see kind of just this uh, younger teen. Uh, she looks as if she's pretty scrawny. She is up at the counter where the grocer is kind of just sitting there, leaning back. and He's just watching. And she kind of just pleading and begging <laughs> as if, you know, she didn't get. But you you know that this young girl is the daughter of the um, grocer. Okay. And I thought it was going to be like some poor little girl is like, oh, I had a loaf of bread for me so I can just <laughs> give it to her like Aladdin or something, or something oh. like that. No. <laughs> uh, she, she seems to be pl- pleading with her father to possibly get some of the free sweets that uh, they have and you it. know that in this town uh, candies and uh, sweets of any sort are kind of a commodity they aren't right. really produced nearby and it takes a bit to get the supplies in right cool uh, yeah so I'm going to go up um, I'm going to give the daughter a little wave as I slide my list over to the grocer and greet him with a classic hug our smile hugger <laughs> All right, what do we got here? All right, milk, I can do that. Um, uh, wheat. <laughs> yes, wheat. You, you making some more? Making some more ale? Always with that guy, and I like reference my father. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I can get you all this. Uh, It'll be about five gold. All right. Uh, my Hagar's eyes kind of widen at that because uh, obviously he's using his money on this for some reason. Like, I don't know why. He, he's not very bright, so it makes sense that he wouldn't go to his mom first to get, like, <laughs> the money for it. But he, he's like, ah, they better pay me back. I'm on my last few coins. I just slide over the five gold. Yeah. Thank you. And he kind of take pockets it and gets up from his chair and starts walking away right. a couple minutes pass before he comes back with like this crate almost mm-hmm. and he sets it down in front of you with all the materials on there that should be enough until the next uh, shipment comes in all right sounds good um how much for the for the candy over there and i gesture to whatever the candy is because i don't know what the candy is uh the candy kind of looks almost like a sweet water taffy Okay. Saltwater taffy, I mean. Okay, cool. And cool. it's it's nothing too big, and it's right. just kind so of something that you can pieces. just yeah, cool. a bunch of little pieces that you can just pop into your mouth. Awesome. So like, so like, how much for a bag of that? The bag will probably cost you seven copper. Sounds good. I'll go ahead and take it, and I'll slide over the seven copper from some change that I have. All right. He once again pockets it and. Yeah, he, he kind of just gestures for you to go ahead and get your own bag. Cool. I'll grab a bag. I'll take one out and give it to the girl at the counter and then take the rest of the bag and all my stuff and start heading back to the tavern. Uh, I want to, like, throw a bunch of it to the children that are playing in the puddle. Just like, there you go. And then just keep walking. So so <laughs> as, as you kind of just hand over 
the first piece to the little girl, you see her eyes go wide and her smile just go from ear to ear. She's so happy. She kind of takes it, pops it in her mouth and just starts like dancing around a bit, you know, looking at her father, just like, I got the candy that I wanted, (laughs) you know, very smug looking. And as you walk out and you go back to these kids uh, and you cut, throw them a couple pieces, their already happy faces just get even brighter. And, you know, the day just seems to be going super well for these kids. Until it didn't. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so as, as you continue walking, uh, you notice what looks to be another uh, comer into the town seems to not really hide themselves, but it's hard to tell. But you can see what looks to be an instrument kind of strapped on them. Uh, can I see what kind of instrument it is? Uh, well, uh, I oh oh have okay. Emily go ahead and <laughs> introduce her character. Okay, so uh, you see a half elf um, named Gwendolyn. Uh, she is. I'd say she's about five six, five seven. Um, she has uh, curly brown hair and green eyes, um, and she, she, uh, you see, it's a pan flute attached to her, and she's probably just, I don't know, scribbling in a little notebook and not really paying attention to where she's going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so you guys kind of just walk past each other. She seems to be going towards one of the, possibly one of the other taverns to start playing at. Oh, uh, well, if I see that, then if I infer that, assuming yeah. it's free knowledge, um, uh, I'm going to go to stop her. Okay. Uh, I'm going to, I guess, step in her way since she's not looking where she's going. Uh, She's going to run right into you. Well, I was going to speak first, but that's (laughs) fine, too. Yeah, so so you kind of take a step, and she just... Just hits uh, me. Yeah, and you're just like... I mean, I'm 6'5", and I'm just solid, so I feel like I didn't budge. Yeah, I mean, it's Uh, it's like if you were to try to tackle a brick wall, almost. Yeah, uh, so I suppose uh, you stumble into a brick wall. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I need to... (laughs) I need to look at where I'm going. Uh, no, you're you're totally fine. I definitely stepped right in your way, and I was gonna say something, and then I guess I just ran out of time. Um, but you know, it's uh, I don't know if you're headed for a tavern or if you need a place to stay or whatnot. But it looks like you know, with that instrument on your back, you're maybe you'd be willing to play uh, for lodging or something like that. Um, my tavern's right over here and I'm going to point towards the last drop um, and like gesture her to follow me and I'm just going to start walking before she starts talking because <laughs> I've been smiling through this whole time. I, uh, okay. <laughs> Alright. She'll just follow him. Okay. So as you two start walking towards the tavern... You notice the sign of the last drop kind of swinging in the wind, you know, very light. Uh, And the sign appears to have this mug of ale and just this tiny little drop of ale that's just like dangling (laughs) on the lip of it. And so as you walk inside, you once again, uh, what you heard was the sound of bustling enjoyment from inside the tavern as you walk past it. uh, While Hagar 
uh, sees the commotion still, but looks like the band has kind of just stopped playing and everyone's just now talking and having some laughs here and there. They're all getting super drunk and you can kind of see all this happening as well. This is a nice place. Ah, thank you. And I just like smile, but then I just keep walking. (laughs) I'm going to walk over to the bar and I'm going to like hand over all the groceries for him to stock behind the bar because that's his job, not mine. (laughs) Thank you. And see, I mean, he's very new. He's Oh, yeah. No, I get it. He's struggling right now. But he he takes the items and kind of lifts up the crate, kind of struggling a bit, sets it down and just gets to work sorting everything out. Cool. Um, also, can I just get a glass of milk, please? <laughs> and and as, you, as you say that, you already see that he was already, he pouring, was already you, getting yeah, ready for he it. He was already pouring you a glass, and he cool. kind of sets it out, and he's just like, oh, d- does your friend want a glass? Uh, I don't know. Ask her. And then I'm going to go and find my mom, because I, I want that five gold that I just spent on all the groceries. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. It, I'm sorry. I'm very new. Would you like a drink? Um, do you have any tea? Uh... I don't know. Kind of ducks down once again <laughs> underneath. Please tell me for... he hits his head on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, as he's kind of coming back up, you just see that. Oh! <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I, we don't have any tea. Oh, that's okay. I'm just water then. Poor <laughs> dude. <laughs> and he kind of pulls out this. A picture tea of, without the leaf. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out this picture of water. It's, I mean, as as any time, the water's sort of murky. It's but clean as water it, can be. Yeah, it's <laughs> as clean as water could be at this time. He kind of pours you a, a glass. Here, here you go. She's so grateful. She's like, "Oh, thank you so much. Do I owe you anything for this?" Uh, no, it's it's water. It's perfectly fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. Oh, oh my god. god. And he kind of turns away and he's like rubbing his neck and. Poor guy. Ouch. (laughs) And so far beyond, and so as you walking away and you're kind of just drinking, far beyond what you guys can see, kind of just in this corner, it's just this hooded figure kind of looming in, in, you know, in the shade, almost like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. That's exactly what I thought of. Very, very, you know, suspicious, like, you should pro- somebody should go up and talk to them, but you know you guys aren't worried about it. I'm at the not moment. dealing with it. <laughs> um, but for anybody else who could possibly see them, would you like to describe yourself? Uh, yeah. So my character, um, her name is Calcine. Um, she is a fire genasi, which is very obvious from the fact that her skin is red. Um, you know, <laughs> is it like a pale red at least? It's like a like a like a soft burnt red. You know, uh, like not like so. It just looks like a really red. bad sucker. <laughs> oh. Honestly, kind of. Yes. Oh, um, that's like the shade we're going for. I have for. Hagar's first joke. <laughs> um, yeah, she looks to be in her mid to late twenties, um, around like five nine or five ten, but. Um, I'll leave it at that for now because okay. I'm a mysterious hooded figure at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The mystery. So, Hugger, you're going towards uh, where you assume your mother is, which is in her room, which is up on the third floor roughly. Because, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty decent-sized tavern. Right. You aren't really sure how your family managed to get this much going so fast, but, you know, you guys are very profitable hey, for, for yourselves. <laughs> and so as you kind of... Uh, finally make it up to the third floor you see her doors kind of shut 
but still has like this little sliver. And uh, if you kind of peek in, you can almost see her writing some stuff on some parchment, kind of sliding it over, and then continuing to write on more parchment. Right. I'm just going to give the classic knock, just three raps real quick on the door. Come in. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I just, nope, that's, that's about what I expected. All right. So I'm, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm not good with Yep, that. you're good. Uh, I'm just going to open the door and uh, uh, just just wait to be acknowledged with a big old grin on my face because that's how Hagar be. Uh, Hagar. <laughs> Do I get a hug? Yeah, she, she I mean, sick. She, she comes in and, I mean, she's, she's a bigger lady, but right. not too big. You know, but she comes in and she kind of really grips you. I mean, she's got some strength to her. That's kind of nuts. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, after we hug, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, just uh, I got I got done helping Dad with the forge, so I I went and I got the groceries. Uh, kind of need reimbursement though, cause it's a little pricey. <laughs> What what are you doing getting the groceries for? I, just, I don't know. Hey, new guy was he was having a rough time. We were out of milk, and you know how you know you know I like a glass of milk after I get out of the forge. So I had to go do it. Give give, give Brian a break. Okay? Hey. Oh, that's his name. Got it. <laughs> Hogar just genuinely forgot. <laughs> um, just give him a break. I I know he's new, but. He's the best help I've got so far. He's working very hard from what I can tell. I'm not knocking him, but I did go and spend five gold on all the groceries we needed, so. You kind of just see her turn back and uh, where she's got kind of just her possible makeup and elsewhere. You also see kind of just this pouch she she kind of unclasps and reaches into, pulls out probably close to ten gold and hands it to you. Nuts. All right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I hope uh, that should suffice. Uh, more more than necessary, but I appreciate you. I'm going to give her a little peck on the forehead. Uh, Thank you, dear. Uh, I assume look into eyes that are akin to mine, uh, and I guess go back downstairs. Okay. So so as you walk back downstairs, uh, right as you, basically right as you exit the room, you see, you kind of just glance back and she sits back in her chair and begins writing again. You know, the t- daily tasks. Busy of, uh, Yeah. Busy, busy she, She's very busy and has to keep up to date with anything uh, concerning with her tavern. What a girl boss. I love her. <laughs> so as you go back downstairs, uh, give me a perception check. Oh, God. The first roll of the oh, game. I get the first roll? Yeah. I'm so honored. Uh, let me hear look at my sheet to see if I have anything good for perception. Probably not. No, I do not. Uh, cool. All right. First roll on these rosewood dice. 17. Okay. So you do notice that there seems to be a section of the tavern that's kind of very quiet. Mm. Um, not really. I mean, there's a couple people there, but they seem to be talking in hushed tones and you do actually see this uh, mysterious figure kind of looming. Um, you aren't really sure what's going on. But right. can I infer if, like, the people are talking about the hooded figure? Like, are they, like, glancing over the hooded figure and then back? Or did I not roll high enough for that? <laughs> um, so as you kind of look, there's maybe once or twice where they look over. But you can kind of just hear snippets. And it doesn't really seem like it's really talk of the hooded figure all that much. But it does seem to be dealing with some... 
very illicit mm. uh, activities. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so I'm assuming, I, I guess I'm also looking at Tori for this. Um, I'm assuming this hooded figure is just kind of sitting there moping. Like, are you doing anything? Are you sipping a drink? Are you just chilling? I am sip sipping on an adult beverage yes cool uh what kind are we talking mead are we talking ale stiff drink what are we sipping on you assume that i know more about alcohol than i do um I mean, you it's, can it's, just pick one because it's probably how i'm gonna have to start a conversation yeah we're just gonna go with a good old classic ale ah uh, classic cool nice. uh, cool um uh, yeah, Hagar is going to, without, like, asking if he can, just big smile on the face, pull back a chair, sit down at the table across from said hooded figure, so back to the bar, um, look at the hooded figure, big smile, I'm assuming doesn't notice the red skin yet, because hood, um, and just, so, how are you liking the house-brewed ale? Big old grin. It's fine, thanks. Fine? Well... Honestly, that's probably the most negative re- review we've gotten of it, but that's valid. Do I notice the red skin at this point? Um, yes. Now cool. that you're kind of up close and you've taken a seat, uh, you, you can definitely notice the red skin mm-hmm. of of her demeanor and okay. just really... Hagar is going to squint. He's very blunt about these things, so he's just going to like squint and like look and be like, oh, long day in the sun, friend? Sure. Something like that. Cool. Well, can I get you a refill or anything? He's swishing his milk as if it's like a fancy <laughs> drink. <laughs> you know, sure. Okay. I'm going to go to the bar uh, and ask for an ale, Okay. Um, which is out of character for Hagar. So uh, his name's Ryan, right? Brian. Brian. Okay. I'm going to call him Ryan. Hagar <laughs> <laughs> uh, is going to go up to the, to the counter and be like, hey, Ryan, can I get an ale? I'm sorry, what was that? It's Brian. Oh, sorry, Brian. <laughs> and and so as you kind of, you know, he kind of pours the ale, takes mm-hmm. a bit, you know, right. um, as he struggles to get the cork off the jug. Makes um, sense. Proud of him. And and so what are you doing, uh, Gwendolyn? Um, I am probably sitting at a table um, because, like, she was kind of expecting to follow Hagar around and then like <laughs> he just left. ditched her <laughs> so, she has, so she's just sitting there and she probably has her notebook back out and she's I don't know if the musicians are still on stage she's probably like watching or listening or something like that cool so so you guys notice that there's no music playing currently wild um <laughs> and and as time is passing some people are leaving the noise is dying down a bit mm-hmm. uh and for midday it's kind of okay but not the best reception because usually this tavern likes to have music playing throughout most of the evening okay uh as hagar is walking back to the table with the hooded figure uh he's gonna gesture towards gwendolyn and say well you have an instrument don't you then gesture to the stage and then keep walking <laughs> she's like getting whiplash from like the small snippets of <laughs> conversation. <Hagar>. She's like, <laughs> okay, so uh, she, I guess she um, takes out. Um, I think she just has the pan flute on her. Okay. 
Um, no, she also she has a she has a liar as well. So I think you should have two. Yes. Yeah. So she has a liar as well. So she is gonna take both of them on stage and, and play both at once. I'm kidding. No. <laughs> and one man band. She'll just start performance check of a lifetime. <laughs> she'll just start a very probably an upbeat tune because she does notice that it is quiet and like the 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 uh the voices are like kind of hushed and she can kind of infer that like it's probably not usually quiet so um she will do that okay so as you kind of get up you pull out your pan flute or which one did you say? i can't remember if you said liar or pan flute uh i think it was liar liar okay yeah. as you pull out your liar sorry uh, you kind of get up and you actually notice quite a few heads immediately turn towards <laughs> an instrument like they saw and they were just like, oh, let's go. Baller. <laughs> <laughs> and so as you get up onto the stage and you start playing this upbeat and joyful tune, almost as if, you know, my, my thought is kind of like along the lines of the song that you'd hear in the Shire. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you're playing something like that. Some people start to get up and get a skip and dance and. You know, you see a couple of dwarves kind of just like, hey, you know, just constantly just ever, at random, very random intervals, like not even in key or anything like that. They just go, hey, hey dwarves, am I right? Sorry, Hagar's kind of racist. Wow. <laughs> he's like, he's like the accidental, like, means well, if that makes sense. Yeah. But like, he just kind of like calls dwarves short to like, to their face, <laughs> like not realizing that that's probably insensitive, but he's just like, yeah, they're short. Hagar is very, to the he's point. very blunt, but also like. It's hard to get mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so after gesturing towards the stage, I guess Hagar goes back and sits with the hooded figure and slides the ale across the table. So you kind of see this sloshing ale just come zipping past, like zipping towards you. I assume you. since he's grown up in a tavern, he knows how to like slide it so it doesn't like well, yeah. spill everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's still like sloshes. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's still a pretty fast pace because yeah. I mean, it's a decent sized table. Also, Hagar is decent sized. Yeah, <laughs> he is pretty decent sized. So you so kind of push it and it, Kind of right. comes pretty fast, but I mean, fast enough so you can just quickly grab it. Yeah. Um, and so, do you grab it? Yeah, I'll put a hand out to grab it. Um, and then, like, as I do, I'm gonna take my hood down to enjoy my beverage, um, which makes my orange hair and yellow eyes much more noticeable. Um, and I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> look at him and give, like, a subtle nod and just, like, thanks. Uh, Hagar's gonna say, oh, no problem. And uh, his eyes are gonna like flash yellow as he like sips his milk, and then they're gonna go back to blue. Give me a perception check to I see. I was if about to that. ask. <laughs> okay. 18. Yeah, so you do uh, notice as he talks to you, it's just kind of like his eyes seemingly do like a quick flash of yellow before going back to their original state. It's very confusing for you at the moment. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I hope that's not just normal for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, just chilling, sipping my milk. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so the music really begins to pick up, and actually some of the uh, band members from the previous play uh, get up and start joining alongside Gwendolyn. I'm picturing, like, the kingdom dance from Tangle. Yes. Like, that, oh that's what I'm picturing in my head right now. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so, you, so you've got this kind of, like, merry <laughs> band cut. going on. And, <laughs> and, you know, people are very, very joyful. And, you know, some of them are already applauding. Like, every time you'd stop, you'd just get this applause. 
And, you know, it's very fulfilling for you as well. Um, and you can see kind of just out of the corner of your eye uh, what looks to be this now unhooded figure with orange hair and red skin. So it's skin. just a figure. <laughs> yeah. It's an unhooded figure. It's just a figure. You just see a figure in the, in the distance. But you, but you see uh, this female who no longer has her hood up. Her hair is this orange and she's got red skin. Kind of looks like a sunburn, but a bit darker. Uh, and Bad you see, sunburn, yeah, and and you kind of see Hagar, and I and I picture that when he pulled out the chair, he didn't just pull it out; he kind of did like the flip around. Oh yeah, he totally, he totally, like, because that's the only way you can manspread politely <laughs> is if you just like flip the table around. So I'm assuming that's what. Yeah, so, that makes sense. So you, so you see Hagar kind of like manspreading across the like chair. flips the chair around, pulls it in. He has his arms up on the chair, like on the back of the chair, like yeah. that boss that like tries to be your friend. <laughs> now listen, buddy. I'm just trying to like make this as easy to picture for people as possible. <laughs> yeah. So, oh my God. what are what all are you guys doing? Are they like look? Are they looking at the stage at all? Uh, no, they are actually very intrigued with each other, like very much curious about each other's predicaments and where possibly any history behind who they are. She's probably not going to, like, do anything. Then she's probably focused on the performance. Okay. Right. Uh, then Hagar is going to look at... I'm sorry, what's your character's name again? Calcine. Calcine. Okay. Uh, at first he's going to say, So, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> that could have been... You know, just like... <laughs> Notice how I made that more difficult for myself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Calcine. Okay. Uh, well, Calcine... Uh, what what brings you to the last drop? Personal affairs. Sounds personal. <laughs> uh, he's just like smiling, like he's nodding, like, okay, now you go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you? Do you do you do you want? What are you waiting for? Um. Well, I mean, introduction is fair play, and I thought you might be interested in who I might be, considering I brought you a beverage and I appeared interested. I don't know. Hagar's right. flustered. He's never had this issue. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, then? Oh, I'm Hagar. Okay. Hi. Are you enjoying the music? Sure. This is like pulling teeth for Hagar. <laughs> <laughs> his, his smile is very strained at the moment. Yeah, I'd he's, say. Just he's, like, just like, he's just trying really hard to just not be like, come on, give me something to work with. <laughs> um, he obviously doesn't say give you something to work with. He's like, so are you enjoying the music? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you often enjoy music? He's he's trying very hard. <laughs> Yeah, my she Kelsey is very much not a talkative type, so she is also God, very so much edgy. in a like pulling teeth <laughs> position right now. Like this dude just needs to go away. Um, you you know I don't I don't really do music. I don't know. Yeah. Ah, well that's what I'm supposed to say. You know, it's family drama and whatnot. But you know, how long are you gonna be staying with us? By the way, not long. Ominous. I like it. <laughs> uh, Hagar's kind of gonna turn his head to like to the stage because like he's obviously not getting anywhere, and that's fine. He's not gonna try to force this conversation any more than he already has. 
All right. So as you kind of just are tired of this, you turn back to the stage. I want all of you guys to give me perception checks. Oh, God. Oh, oh boy. I got a 15. Okay, 15. 14. 14. 16. 16. Okay. So all of you guys notice this very rough, grizzled, almost homeless-looking man burst into the tavern. He kind of just... Help! And he kind of just slumps down onto the ground. Oh, that sucks. Uh, do I recognize this guy? Is uh, he like a local? Not really. He kind of okay. just seems to be like this very vagabond-looking character. Cool. Uh, uh, Hagar is immediately going to get up, and if he can catch him, he wants to catch him. If not, then he's obviously going to, like, prop his head up and, like, try to figure out what's up with this dude. Okay. So, as you as you rush over to this man, you know, the music has stopped. Everyone's kind of now no, looking... Gwendolyn's still playing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> She's like... Gwendolyn switched to this. That'd be so funny, though. <laughs> like, everyone stops, and Gwendolyn just doesn't notice and just keeps playing. <laughs> No. Nah. So so everyone kind of just makes a way for you as you push through and you kind of look at him and he's hit the ground already and oh, kind of lift him up, place him against the the door. Right. Uh, and kind of just. Well, what's going on, friend? Can, can I, does he look like physically hurt other than face planting into the floor? No, not okay. really. <laughs> it's like if, if he's bleeding, then uh, <laughs> um, yeah, just what's going on, friend? And like just trying to muster like kind of a half smile. Like I don't want to be given like the full grin. Like I'm happy to see this guy is hurt, but like more like the comforting smile of just like, hey, buddy, what'd you do? <laughs> he kind of just he, he's having a very hard time getting any speech out at the moment because right. I mean, he just face planted and. Looks either very drunk or right. very uh, possibly malnourished. Mal- malnourished. Yeah, malnourished. Right. I was going to ask if I smell like alcohol on him or anything. Uh, you don't really get whiffs of alcohol. You do get what reeks of like uh, horse dung and uh, all that sort of dude. stuff. <laughs> I mean, he's very just coated and like a bunch of different. Right. Uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so he's just, like, not really talking, but there's no, like, physical damage. He just looks like he's probably malnourished. Either, yeah, very malnourished or possibly something else that you aren't really sure of. Right. Um, so he's not talking to me, clearly. Um, boy, this is rough because I don't want to use a healing spell or anything. <laughs> uh, I feel like, Ryan, Ryan. Bring me a mead and and uh, go go see if uh, go see if the doctor's in town. Right. He he quickly you know sloshes right. the mead into the glass. Right. Runs over to you, hands it to you. Uh, some of the liquid dripping onto your hands. Right, that's fine. And he rushes out the door. Uh, and he he looks very just flustered and shocked, and he's just like, oh god, oh dear god. <laughs> Why on my shift? <laughs> <laughs> um, don't die on my shift. Uh, no, uh, yeah, so as soon as Brian, I'll refer to him properly when I'm not Hagar, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, as soon as he, like, gets out, I'm gonna, like, hold the meat up to the guy's mouth, be like, come on, man, you gotta get your strength up, because it's like liquid honey. <laughs> he ta- he takes a drink, and he's just like, <sighs> oh, come on, I made it myself. And just gonna keep trying to get him to take sippies. <laughs> he, 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 soon enough, you get him to drink all of it, and 
his eyes kind of just very slowly fluster open. Okay. And he kind of looks at you, just like, Ugh. where am I? Uh, you're at the last drop. Uh, I, I, I don't particularly know you, but you're welcome here, I guess. Uh, you just kind of stumbled in, and you face-planted right right there, and I point, like, exact, like, very literally where <laughs> his face hit the floor. Um, and you just, you, were, you said help, and, um, yeah. <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, yeah? <laughs> I think I have a few eyewitnesses. He kind of looks around at the very filled tavern. Uh, yeah, I imagine everyone's looking at him. Yeah, right ev- now, everyone is, is looking at him. Gwendolyn's gonna like wave, just like very <laughs> softly from the stage. Uh, I'm gonna Hagar's gonna look at everybody, and be like, uh, just just go about your business. Don't, you know, he probably doesn't appreciate all these eyes on him right now. It's impolite to stare. <laughs> and so uh, most of them, not all of them. Uh, yeah, I figure it's people uh, are, are gonna <laughs> mingle about. Although they're very hushed tones now, talking yeah. about this yeah. very odd man who just stumbled into the bar. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> um, and so as you really get a nice, good look at the man, you notice that his clothes aren't typically what's found in this region. Uh, they appear to be more light and, you know, very... Sick threads, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very thin and light as if... Uh, protecting as if not really trying to protect from elements, elements yeah. but uh trying to keep from overheating almost cool um i take that into account i guess uh i'm gonna look at him and be like so uh what what brings you to my neck of the woods uh, right i think it oh man he's he takes some time and he starts thinking back he's just like where, where is this? Where is this place? It's the name of the town again. <laughs> this name actually, this town actually doesn't have a name. Oh. It's really an unnamed town. That's kind of just. I have a town name in my head. Uh, that makes sense because it has no name. Uh, I feel like ah, this. Uh, well, it's not really a named town. Um, it's not exactly a big one. Um, I, I told you that the place you're in is called the Last Drop. And so, what you do know from mm-hmm. where this town was located is it's very central right. towards the continent. Okay. Uh, so very localized in the uh, grasslands and the plains, you know, far from really the mountains of either the north or the south. Right. Um, and uh, so he, and he kind of looks up at you and he's just like, I, I came from the kingdom of Galargoth. Where in reference to me is that? <laughs> that is very north. In, okay. it, actually, in the deserts of the north, beyond okay. uh, the mountain range, which you know as the Calmest uh, Spires. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to look at me like, well, you're a long way from home. We're pretty much dead center on the continent. So I don't know how you got here or why you're here. And frankly, you don't owe me these answers, but it'd be nice because you did just kind of. I checked. Did he put a dent in my floor? <laughs> um, I mean, as you look, there's maybe like just a small dent. Because <laughs> you did just put a dent in my floor with your, I'm going to guess your nose. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, man. It's a, the 
can't, I, I can't remember. I just, rumors, I believe, something evil. Okay. Uh, can we start with, like, your name, maybe? We start with the stuff that you do remember? So he kind of looks at you, and he kind of is just like, right, my name is uh, Vinicius. Can I call you Vinny? Sure. Awesome. <laughs> and, and you know, he kind of just, he doesn't seem to really have the answers. I mean, he he seems to have come a long way from the desert. Right. Uh, very malnourished. And, you know, after taking a beating to the head, he probably has a yeah, concussion. He needs some rest. He's not having a great day. Yeah. Um, then I'm going to look at him uh, like, can I take you to a room? Maybe you sleep off whatever this is. I get you some bread or something. I don't know. Whatever you need, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll that'll do. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go behind the bar, get a key to one of the rooms on the first floor, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm gonna take him to the room, lay him in the bed, uh, and ask him if he needs anything like food, drink, yada yada. Yeah. So I mean, he kind of just runs down the list of like some. Some water, uh, something right. to drink. He lists off a ton of food, right. actually, and you're just like, Ew, that's a yeah. Lot. Uh, uh, I can get you some some bread and water. Past that, you know, with the meat I already gave you, my mom will have my hide if I comp it. So, right. And so, as you guys, as you kind of lift him up, and you know, probably. As much as you don't want to, you probably sling his arm yeah, over your it's shoulder. Fine. I'm a big boy. I and can take it. And, and you kind of just help lead him. And as you go That's through like the... Plus three to strength. <laughs> as, as you go through the crowd in the tavern, uh, Gwendolyn, you actually get a much clearer notice that this man uh, seems to be of almost the same lineage that you um, can identify with almost. You aren't really sure, but he looks very similar in, in some of the aspects. So is he a half-elf, too? Is like, is no, like he, saying, oh, I mean, he's not really a half-elf. Uh, he's kind of almost a full elf, but okay. very desert-centralized. Oh, okay. and very. I mean, it's, uh, it's also hard to see, considering he's, his hair is very yeah, long, really that, matted. Like years. And, uh, but, I mean, as, as someone who's a half-elf, it's very easy to identify just like, okay, that's not all right. That person's an elfy. She doesn't. So, what do you mean by like simil- similar? Like, so, what is she noticing? So, you notice that like some of the same traits, almost. Um, I'd say kind of the. I, I don't want to really say build because I mean some of these things are, can be interchanged, but it seems to be very. Even though he claims to have been from the desert, his skin tone is very similar to that that you know your father was and uh also it seems to have look built for the desert is what you're saying (laughs) yeah he doesn't look built for the desert but he very much came from it okay uh and you also notice that like you know as he kind of shifts around there's just like this faint little hint of like this uh curvature in the point of the ear it's it's very much uh uncommon for elves but 
uh, not extremely rare, just very referential to your father that you know of. Hmm. Her interest is piqued because <laughs> like she... his ear. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, she because you know she she doesn't know much about that side of the family and. Uh, she would never get answers whenever she asked. So she is immediately going to basically, like, I know that there's not, like, a mic or anything. But she's going to pass pass everything to the other musicians. <laughs> you guys take over. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, they, they, like, they weren't even playing. They're just like, oh, what? This dude just <laughs> face-planted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so she's going she's gonna to hop down, and she's basically going to, like, follow you guys and she's going to say, like, hey, um, that was a lot. Is everything okay? Uh, Hagar's going to kind of turn, like, uh, I think so. I'm just trying to get this guy in a bed so he can uh, maybe tell me more than his name by tomorrow. Um, Hagar's going to keep moving him towards his bed, I guess. Is, is he, like, awake right now? Is he, like... Um, he's His eyes are, like, fluttering. Uh, it seems to be very... Possibly has a concussion, you okay. know? Um uh. She's going to resign herself then to wait until the morning for any questions. Okay. Because she can tell that, like, she's not going to get anything. All right. And then finally, uh, as as you guys also continue walking now with the addition of Gwendolyn, he looks at you and he's just like, I've seen you. Uh-oh. I've seen you. And he's, his face is just fearsome. Like, he's, he's worried. Uh, and... I'm gonna like kind of tug his arm that it's like wrapped around me a little bit tighter be like easy there big man and just keep walking him towards the bed like I'm not acknowledging his rage because I'm just assuming that this is just actual racism instead of Hagar's like ignorant like accidental well-meaning racism Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming that this is just racism for whatever she is yeah so I'm just moving (laughs) Um, I'm gonna like move my hand to like something on my belt just like get defensive, but I'm not gonna say anything Kelsey's to him. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, he nobody really notices. I mean, everyone's focused on this man, or at least they're trying to be. Right. After Hagar uh, kind of told them to mind their own business. I'm a big man. And so you kind of just slowly slide your hand out down to your belt and possibly like lean your uh, head on your hand. And you're kind of just watching very, very carefully. Do at what I he does. recognize him? No. Or, okay. <laughs> Not even a check for that. Just no. <laughs> no, you, you don't recognize him whatsoever. Cool. Zoinks. Okay. So you finally bring him up to the bed, and kind of sit him down, and he he kind of goes down with like. Oof. Yeah, I mean, because you, you probably drop him a bit. I mean, he does smell like horse poop, so it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, so you kind of set him down, and you're now kind of having to wait for him to rest up. Right. I mean, as he like goes to bed, obviously, I like I'll put some like water and bread next to his bedside so that he doesn't die of malnutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not gonna get him like these huge hot meals that he was requesting because <laughs> yeah. that's money and uh, you don't have it. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I I'm not paying for it. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess I'll go and wait for uh, Brian to bring the doctor and I'll have the doctor check the guy out. Okay. So you sit there and you wait and you wait and Brian doesn't seem to come back. 
we just hired him. <laughs> Mom's going to be mad. <laughs> and uh, to be honest with our time, uh, I think that's actually a really good place to okay. stop. A because session for this one? Yep. Because uh, this is really just an introduction. Right. Um, but we will probably do a lot longer sessions. I'm probably closer to two and a half, I'd say. Yeah, closer to two hours uh, at least. Yeah, because I, I don't want to berate the entire audience with... Right, give them give them a taste of what they can come to expect. I got to say, I really appreciate Emily being the scribe right now, because I was just like, someone's got to do it. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I like, saw the notebook I, out, like, right away, and I was like, oh, thank God. Thank, thank God someone <laughs> else is doing it, because that's, that's something in every campaign I've ever been in. I'm like, please, someone else be a scribe because I will not be good at it. <laughs> yeah. I don't normally do this, but you know, I figured I forget names very easily, so it'll be it'll it'll be good. I mean plus I these are these it. are recorded. So yeah. true. That's true. If true. Worse comes to worse, we could always go back and listen. Yeah. All right. Um but as far as an introductory session, I'd consider that a success. Yeah. Um and Woo. now my question is, are you like well, how would you rate your excitement, really? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty excited just because I like playing D&D. I mean, that's uh, fair. I mean, I obviously don't have the link to this guy that these two do, so Hagar is just here for the ride. Yeah. So, yeah, as as we're closing out, that's that's kind of my thought. Like, okay. Hagar is excited, I guess, and now he's got to go chase down Brian. All right, and what, what about you two? Um, I'm very excited. I have, like... This this character is a more intricate one than I have played before, I feel like. I don't know if that's the right word for it. But I'm just, like, really excited to get more into her backstory and, like, get into stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I'm very excited. Okay. Yeah, I am extremely excited, too, just because I, I kind of intentionally did this with my character, but I am a sucker for family secrets and backstories. <laughs> so... The fact that we're getting into that immediately, ooh, that's that's good. That's good for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, I can definitely say that with this campaign, uh, I definitely have to take some a lot more liberties with my storytelling because usually, I, I'm gonna be honest, I'm the classic DM where I start the campaign off with like a bang introduction with some sort of combat. And it really just gets the party connected. Oh, I was ready for it too. I was like, I had, I had, I knew exactly what spell I was gonna use. I was just ready. I was yeah. ready for that man to throw hands. Like, <laughs> so I mean, but hey, who who knows? Maybe maybe Brian got himself in a pickle. Maybe he's just gone. I was gonna say, I'd be very upset if he ran off on my mom like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she was so happy with your work, and then you just abandoned her. You jerk. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and do a closer? Cool. Uh, yeah, as as it goes, this is this has been the first episode of Roll for Immersion. Yep. And we'll check in next time. Yep. I'm Aaron. I'm Sam. I'm Emily. And I'm Tori. We'll see you next time. <laughs>